Welcome to the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast, social commentary, hot topics, amazing guests with a ton of fun and shenanigans along the way. This week's podcast is the last show of Black History Month, and we're talking about Malcolm X as his family just decided to sue the federal government and NYPD for $100 million. And we're talking about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene calling for a national divorce of red and blue states. (laughs) And we're wondering if Don Lemon's comments about presidential candidate Nikki Haley is actually helping her presidential bid. And Harvey Weinstein, he got some more jail time. Before we get into our podcast, I got to introduce you to my amazing co-host. First up, our college student model, business owner, streaming from Atlanta, Georgia, Johnny Storm. Hey guys, thank you so much. I've been working a whole lot this week. So um, I've also had like a slew of migraines, unfortunately, but I think it's because of like the excess work. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about investing in a new pillow. <laughs> I think that'll help my sleep. You're saying you got migraines from excessive work and you want to get a new pillow. Yes. Don't underestimate the value of a good pillow, Johnny, because Joe and I thank invested you. heavily in our pillows. When we tell people how much we spent on our pillows, they kind of go, what? But the really? quality of sleep that you get from it, it's worth the investment. I'm telling you. Good. It's worth it. It's that worth and shoes, a good bed. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good mattress too. Yeah, you need but yeah, Neo, I put those two things together because I like feel the tension in my neck and I'm like, ew, that has to do with my pillows. I'm always doubling up the pillows or scrunching them. So Fair enough. Fair that's enough. where that logic. <laughs> I got well. I got to admit, I have an issue with my neck. I have like a bulging disc in my neck, yeah. and from time to time, it, mm. it pinches on the, one of the nerves. And so, pillows Ouch. are very, very important to that. <laughs> I would definitely suggest Absolutely. a good pillow and a nice bed. I got a Tempur-Pedic yep. bed, and that crap. Never get a Tempur-Pedic. Yes, the life changer. <laughs> your car is still. Your car is still there. My still car is good. It's nice. <laughs> Nobody's touched it. Nobody's touched no it. little kids have broken in this time. <laughs> oh, man. Right, cool. All right. It's all good. All right, good. All in right. the hood, literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next up, we have our nature lover, gamer, rock star, coming to you from Ontario, Canada, Mr. Robbie Rock. What's up? What's up, everyone? It's great to be back for another week. Uh, hey, I had another great productive week. Um, it's still very much winter up here, more cold, more snow. Uh, but uh, my wife and I looked <laughs> out the window one night and it was just, it was so pretty. It was dark, the big, light, big, snow, fluffy snowflakes Aww. were coming down. And it was just so gentle. It looked very picturesque. We said, we'll enjoy a wonderful evening walk. So we bundled up, we went out. And it was very pleasant until we turned around to come back and the breeze yeah. was just so chilly on any exposed part of skin. It was just <laughs> freezing. Oh, too oh, cold. Yeah. Literally throw your face off. 
we had nice rosy cheeks when we got in. <laughs> but we, uh, Joe and I actually watched, uh, we finished watching Andor on Disney Plus just during our dinner times. And man, nice. I gotta say, we really enjoyed the series. And subsequently, we watched Rogue One when we were done because it was well done. We enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Yeah, you guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're nerds. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, Andor's a pretty good series. And Rogue One, again, one of my favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars movies. TPK. All right. <laughs> uh, that's a D&D reference no completely lost on D&D. you, man. Total no, yeah, party yeah, kill. Yeah, you're right. TPK, total party kill. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have no idea what's being said. Micah, did Everyone was just kind of nodding yes. politely with blank eyes. I'm not a D&D person, person but yeah, uh, right. I did go. In your own realm with D&D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did go to the park today with my family, and my wife was taken aback because she was like, what is going on? And I said, well, honey, these are LARPers. Uh, it was a group oh, of LARPers out there. Oh, really? Just having fun. Cool. Yeah, man. And, and uh, live action role playing. Cool. You guys and, got to uh, see it. Yeah, it was very cool. And my son was very curious. And, you know, I got to, I got to tell him about grownups, you know, just kind of having fun. Not taking life so seriously. You know I mean? All right. Exactly. That, that deep, smooth voice Do you're listening to. That's our special guest returning today from, from the amazing Nerd Apocalypse and Black on Black Cinema podcast. It's Micah. Micah. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be back, folks. I, I really enjoy this show. And you always have, I mean, this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, but you always have amazing guests. I mean, like people who like actually do stuff uh, instead of just, you know, take pictures of toys and stuff in the background. So I'm very, uh, I'm very, I'm very happy to be part of this in some small way. Thank you. I appreciate you. We're going to have to get you back to do some movies though. Always. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And of course, I am your host, Neil Nick. So yesterday I came back from Florida and I went to Florida for a wedding that I was not invited to. (laughs) So my wife, so my wife's longtime friend got married, right? But he didn't give her a plus one. Now he definitely knows we're married, obviously, because he was at my wedding, right? So definitely knows she's married. And she did ask him about the plus one. And he was like, it's a small wedding. It's for family. Sorry about that. But you know, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not a big wedding person. So I wasn't too mad. You know, I get it. And, you know, if it's really tight, yeah. you got to make some tough decisions. But the thing is, my wife and I, you know, we don't like to travel alone. So, you know, we're like each other's travels buddies. So yeah. I flew down. And, and mind you, this was on a work day. I even chauffeured her to the event. Sat in the hotel and she was partying, but I was, I was back at the hotel. But come to find out, his wedding was bigger than mine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like now, now, when I found out, I felt a bit snug. Right? I was like, okay. So I wanted to throw it out to you guys. So you're having a wedding, but the person you want to invite is married. Are you supposed to give them a plus one? Or is it cool to just invite your friend or whoever it is? Subjective. Depends on who the plus one is. Okay. Yeah. But generally speaking, yes. But if that plus one is going to be a uh, negative element on your day, no. I I was at your wedding. It was a it was a lovely affair. It also wasn't small. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it, 
it could have had one extra person. I think the we had a similar situation. We told everyone if you're not married, you can't bring somebody. Exactly. If you if you are if you are in a okay. long term relationship, mm-hmm. but haven't put a ring on it, mm-hmm. that person can't come. Yep. Now, if you're married, that's like fair. That, you know. That's what I always right. thought. I mean, because when you're like, married, you, you know, you're together, right? That's that's one right. person, right? Basically. Or like a long-term partner, like a partner. Maybe you're not married, but you've been nope. together. No, nope. no, I'm with him nope. on that. Nope, because uh, I, I got to pay for that Why meal. Why, guys? I, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to pay for that meal, and then all of a sudden, y'all break <laughs> up next week, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> it's a potential meal. So let me, ask you, this, let me ask you this real quick: if, if you don't get a plus one and you're married, should you decline? Uh, if you love your spouse, um, <laughs> I think that's difficult. I mean, so you, no, I don't think you should decline, you but you should decline? talk it over. Okay. okay, you should talk it over with your with your spouse. Yeah. All right. So just to be clear, I was the one who insisted she go. So <laughs> you know, so but I was just curious um, about the etiquette. You know, I was just curious what the etiquette was on that. Because yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, where, where was that plus one? But anyway, I see Jack and Rose saying, it's a catered event, you should let the host know well in advance. Yes. I, I, I get it. Okay. So you guys, most, most of you guys agree with me a little. You could have shown up and just brought your own Subway or something. <laughs> I thought about it. I, I <laughs> like, I don't have to eat. <laughs> I don't eat. I just, I just want to be there. <laughs> You're not feeding me. I'm just yeah. here for the dancing and the music. I'll buy the drinks, too. <laughs> Moral support. Jackie Robson also said, like Neo, I also had a lavish wedding, and it's amazing how etiquette isn't taught anymore. 100%. True that. All right. Enough of that. Let's get into our show. So, for Black History Month, we've been doing spotlights on Black excellence. Well, this past week, on the anniversary of Malcolm X's assassination, his family decided to sue the FBI, CIA, NYPD for their alleged role in his assassination. So, I thought it'd be a good opportunity. To revisit that history, the conspiracy theories, and also talk about this lawsuit. All right, all right. So Malcolm X was assassinated on February 21st, 1965, when he was just 39 years old. He was shot while preparing to give a speech at the Audubon Ballroom in New York City. Those that may not know who Malcolm X was. He was a black religious leader, a spokesman for the Nation of Islam, and a civil rights activist who spoke about the need for black empowerment and equality. But he believed the way to achieve equality was, as he says, by any means necessary. He felt to affect aggressive change, it required an aggressive approach. And he was definitely not a supporter of desegregation. So he was no doubt a controversial figure uh, with both white and black people, especially because his teachings were opposite to his counterpart, Martin Luther King Jr., who of course preached nonviolence and integration. But because of his rise to power in the black community, the FBI saw him as a threat. And FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover had the FBI all over him, much like MLK before his assassination. All right, so there's a lot of conspiracy theories behind why Malcolm X was assassinated. But here's what we do know. A year before his assassination, Malcolm X left the Nation of Islam for several reasons. For one, he became disillusioned with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who was the leader of the Nation of Islam at the time. 
Malcolm claimed a lot of improprieties were going on, like illegitimate children, stealing money. What sparked him actually leaving was Malcolm went against a mandate from Elijah Muhammad to not speak about JFK's death, which led to Malcolm X's suspension and ultimately him choosing to leave altogether. Now, after leaving, Malcolm went to Africa and the Middle East to spend time with Muslims there. And he came back way more enlightened, right? And his teachings were very different after that. And he began speaking out against Elijah Muhammad. And that started to create a rift in the nation of Islam. A lot of people claimed that Elijah Muhammad ordered that Malcolm, quote, not be touched. But there were also rumors that he directly ordered a hit on Malcolm. Rumors that he was apparently aware of because a week before his death, his family was attacked with Molotov cocktails thrown in his window while they slept. In an interview with reporters, Malcolm said, I live like a man who is already dead. Mm. Here's what happened on February 21st at the Audubon Ballroom in New York. Malcolm greeted his audience from the podium, and there was a commotion in the back of the room. A man shouted, get your hands out of my pocket. That man lit a rolled up sock and threw the makeshift smoke bomb into the floor. Malcolm's security moved on the stage, deserting their post. Malcolm raised his arms and was like, now, now, brothers, break it up. And one of the assassins rushed to the podium and shot Malcolm in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun. Mm. Malcolm fell. At the same time, two accomplices came to the edge of the stage and shot him in the ankle and both died. All three of them retreated into the crowd to escape. But one of his bodyguards managed to shoot one of them, Almich Hayer, who goes by Mujahid Abdul Halim. He was captured and later confessed to killing Malcolm X. He spent 45 years in prison and was released on parole in 2010. But Hayer insisted that the two men who were ultimately arrested and jailed as his accomplices are Muhammad Aziz and Galil Islam. He claimed that they were innocent. Both were members of the Nation of Islam. Actually, in 1977, Hayer actually fingered four men by name who he said worked with him, the two other gunmen and two other accomplices in the audience. But the police ultimately did nothing with that information. Now, as far as the two men who were wrongly convicted, Islam was paroled in 1987 and died in 2009. Aziz was paroled in 1985, and he's actually still alive. All right, so those are the facts. So why are we okay. here? Why does Malcolm's daughters and attorney Benjamin Crump want to sue now a half century later? Well, in addition to all of the conspiracy theories that the FBI, CIA, NYPD helped plan the attack and worked to cover it up, well, in 2021, Aziz and Islam the two people convicted of killing Malcolm were exonerated and given a $36 million settlement because they found authorities held back evidence, including revealing that an undercover NYPD officer had infiltrated Malcolm's inner circle and that he was present for the murder. His role was kept secret and he was never interviewed. It's believed that they not only infiltrated Malcolm's inner circle, but also Elijah Muhammad's and the Nation of Islam possibly actually orchestrating the assassination and the cover-up. So the exoneration Mm -hmm. opened the door to the family to file a lawsuit and potentially get further evidence on the role of the FBI, CIA, NYPD. All right, so after all of that, Mm -hmm. here's my question. Benjamin Crump is all over the place with these lawsuits related to civil rights violation, and he's making a ton of money on these settlements. Now, as much as is deserved by the daughters of Malcolm X, if they were to receive the $100 million, question is, do you think they can actually prove the conspiracy? Will the lawsuit have any impact on civil rights today? Or is this just headlines 
and a money grab. I know why you framed it that way, but I think it's a little more complicated than just a money grab. At the same time, I'm having difficulty, unless they have some sort of smoking gun evidence that they're just kind of waiting to to play like a big joker in a spades game. You know what I mean? I don't know if, I, I don't know if they have a case. Now there is something to the effect of going through all of this to make a point. Mm-hmm. Even if you know you're not going to win, right? right? Mm-hmm. To say that right. that stuff like this will come back to get you, mm-hmm. but I just don't. And I talked to my wife about this because she's she's a lawyer and she's she's very much like into this. And like I said, unless there's some sort of evidence that they are that they know they have, I find this to be a bit frivolous. Yeah, I'm with you. But with the exoneration of Islam and Aziz, uh, you know, based on the fact that there were documents that were withheld. So what else has been withheld? Uh, What other information haven't we been privy to? So I think that there's merit in this exercise to try to uncover those truths, because if there was collusion between these agencies to assassinate a prominent, controversial figure at the time, that wouldn't be outside of the norm to think that, or to know that the FBI, CIA, NYPD, that these forces would have worked together to quell someone like Malcolm. Wait a minute, if they if they don't have already have access to the evidence, then what makes them think the federal government is going to give them the evidence to make their case for them? I mean, they're not going to get any evidence. Well, maybe they evidence. do. Maybe they do have some evidence that we don't know of because I don't for them to claim that uh to even state the case other than what Micah said where he said it maybe they're trying to like um state a point. I don't know what point they would be stating because like you said, Neo, this is decades later. So there may not be a point to prove other than maybe exposing something. So they have something, they have to have some type of viable evidence to expose with. And I feel like, um, I mean, what, what evidence is there that we wouldn't have already seen? Maybe there's a, and, another and what key evidence- player like you mentioned. Cop. I mean, unless they unless they have someone that's willing to testify, I have to believe that yeah. if this mm-hmm. is a conspiracy on the on the federal level, I have to believe that any evidence it has been destroyed. Yeah, uh, you know, this is the FBI. This isn't like your Mutual local evidence. your local PD. Yeah, that, that's what these people do. They're spies, and I have to believe <laughs> that any type of evidence of this conspiracy would have been destroyed decades ago. I mean, I may be wrong. Or, or, he- hey, or heavily redacted. Stuff like that. Heavily redacted right. where you see that I'm sheet with. Agreed. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But to deduct like reasoning, I don't think that they would start a case for like for shock value or for monetary gain. I mean, I'm sure that they, they are looking for money. I'm sure they're looking for money for, for other reasons, but I don't think it's like a cash grab situation. I think that Malcolm X is legendary, and I think that this means a lot to a lot of people. And the family, especially the daughters, I think that they know it would mean a lot to expose some type of truth that they could have. I agree with you guys, though. It's far-fetched to believe that they have anything viable because of who they're up against. I agree. I, I mean, I would I agree with that. I don't think this is a cash grab, per se. I mean, again, if they were to get $100 million, they deserve it. I mean, and we find out that the government was involved which they probably were, at least 
<laughs> NYPD was probably involved in some, at least in the cover up. I mean, that was clear in the $36 million case with Aziz and um, Aziz and Islam, right? So, but I do feel like this still is about headlines because I feel like Benjamin Crump is starting to take advantage of these opportunities. I honestly wish he wasn't attached, to be honest. Oh, it's him behind all of this? I, I wish it was someone else because <laughs> I then I could, I could feel more comfortable with, hey, this is just the family going after the federal government for their role and. But it really does feel like some headlines, money, you know. Uh, but I think that the daughters do deserve some type of retribution. I like what Micah was saying because, yeah, I don't think this is going to really help the civil rights movement at all. No. But I still think it's vindication. And vindication and, is yes. worth something. That vindication would mean something to the civil rights movement. And depending on how that money okay. is allocated... Because 100 million is a big chunk of money. So this could be substantial for the civil rights movement. That's fair. If the money was used a certain way. I'm not against the investigation. I'm just, I'm not hopeful of a a victory. Neither am I. And um, I mean, even if we get like a Pyrrhic victory where it's like anything is exposed, like they don't win, but like something comes of it. I'd be satisfied with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just am having a hard time believing that. Uh, Also, like, I'm glad you brought it up, Neil, because I didn't want to say it. But like, sometimes I get the feeling that like Ben Benjamin Crump is a little bit of an ambulance chaser. Um, Mm. I I hope he's doing this work pro bono. If not, then, you know, even if he's doing a pro bono, just the headlines enough builds his his stature well enough where he he can. Go out and have his own Ben Crump law firm. It still builds his wealth significantly. Just being attached. To I'm curious. Um, what makes you guys think that Benjamin Crump is kind of after like the the fame of it all, or a- after it for the wrong reason? Like, just what gives he's you that? Attached to literally every one of the civil rights cases that have come up. I mean, he's he's 90 percent of them in the last whatever it is. What was his first one? Yeah, he has. Was it uh, was his first one? Trayvon? Yeah, I think I think Mm, Trayvon Martin was his first one was Trayvon. So I think since that one, he's he's been attached to virtually all of them since then. And so I just know I I feel like I I like the term ambulance chaser. And I agree with you, Micah. I, I don't think they really have a case. I mean, the exonerated men absolutely had a case because, you know, they were wrongly convicted. And there right. was the prosecutors didn't do their job. So they, they didn't provide the evidence they were supposed to. They didn't do their jobs. They did things wrong. So that's an easy case. And they should have won, especially once they were able to prove it. Right. I just don't think there's any evidence here that they would be able to come up with or that they have existing where they can say the government conspired. I don't know. And Jacqueline Robinson brings up an interesting point online. It's just given the passage of time, fuzzy memories, deceased witnesses, et cetera. The truth probably will never be known. And oh, Mike wow, says yeah. every yeah. time there's been racial progressive movement in this country has been encountered with violence. Maybe they have uh, contacted Trump rather than the other way around. That's possible. Good. That yeah, that's point. very possible too. Yeah, because uh, that's it. He is high profile, so yes, it's possible. Just to kind of put a bow on this Ben Crump thing, I'm not saying that he's not doing good work. I'm just I saying, agree with you. I'm I'm glad somebody is doing it. The work needs yeah. to be done. And, and like you said, somebody's doing it. I wish more people were would step up to the plate to, to, to help out. I maybe think that's, that's I think, <laughs> maybe that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's fair. But maybe I'm feeling the same. Yeah. Thing you're feeling. All right. It shouldn't be just one guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, All the time. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like the superhero. Is this truth? Lies. <laughs> lies, shenanigans. It's full of a bunch of. Um, truth? 
you know, it's, it's truth, truth and, shen- and lies and shenanigans. There's, I mean, there's a lot of shenanigans, shenanigans too. <laughs> I mean, all over the all place. Three of them. The government. I mean, I, I honestly think I have no doubt in my mind that the government was was definitely involved. It's all three of them today. Yeah, yeah. Jay Edgar Hoover was 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 crazy. Well, speaking of crazy, <laughs> all right, uh-huh. let me get to segways. Shenanigans. All right, Micah, Gianni's good friend down there in Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, wants a divorce. <laughs> That's what's going on. My friend. Why she got to be my friend? <laughs> yeah, Gianni's friend down there. You moved there. You moved there. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. The uh, the representative from Georgia, she tweeted, because this is how we get our news now, tweets. <laughs> uh, she tweeted, we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this, so it's obviously a good idea. Um, from course, the Mark. sick and disgusting <laughs> woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies. We're done. Um, I would read the rest of the tweet, but I'm deeply offended by some of the things in it. But her big idea is to separate blue states and red states. And we each kind of govern the way we see fit. And the federal government is just kind of there as like a last resort. I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, my questions are. Are are we okay with segregation now? Because that's what this is, right? This is segregation. Yeah. If in some crazy world this would have happened, this sounds like the Confederacy, right? Like this sounds like the Civil War, which everyone right. is making these comparisons. And she's like, oh, no, it's not the Civil War and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, it is. And my last question is, what if you are a conservative in a blue state? Like she is, by the way, like Georgia's blue now. Or what what do you do? I mean, technically, exactly. technically, it's getting close and, to you purple, know. but uh, purple. And, and what if more magenta and, and vice versa? Yeah. Like what happens? What happens if you're in a state that you are not politically aligned with? What do you do? Man. I mean, this is lunacy. This is lunacy to me. And it's not just lunacy yeah. to me. This lunacy to other Republicans. Liz Cheney yes. basically said, hey, this is against the Constitution. You people are all about right. like constitutional fundamentalists. This is literally against the Constitution. Mitt Romney mm-hmm. said that this is ludicrous. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. I just if we do, if we were to do this, like one of the things about racism is that rich white people have convinced poor white people that poor other minorities are are the problem. Yeah. Nah, man. Because because rich people want to stay rich and they don't <laughs> care who you they step on. I was going and, to and, something, but now I got to jump. It's true. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm talking too much. Go ahead. So, so, so Marjorie Taylor Greene, Trump, <laughs> they're all about appealing to idiots. We're going to make all these intelligent arguments of why it's stupid. The truth is, stupid people are the ones listening to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump. You know, you try to have these same discussions with Trump supporters, you might as well be speaking Chinese or whatever. Uh, you know, especially, you know, if we start talking <laughs> big words like secession, unconstitutional. Uh, fiscally conservative, and you know they're gonna be like, "What yeah. are you talking about?" And I don't even know what you're talking about. But you go, like, grunt, you, you grunt at him and say, Ugh, "Me like divorce, me, me like." You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
blue and red, you know, and me, so be, me, me build a wall, you know, it totally makes sense to them, you know, you know. They I love it. that you went with like a Neanderthal voice for this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but Literally. But Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump, they know how to speak the language of stupid, you know, so they, they, that's what they tapped into. They tapped into dumb people who really have no idea how the country's run. You know, they don't understand economics or basically anything. And it's surprisingly a lot of people. I'm just I'm, surprisingly I'm shocked yeah. by how many people are this. Yes. But let's be honest. Part of it is there, that there Auntie G is angry that her husband divorced her. And part of her is lashing out. Um, well, it's true. <laughs> man. He filed. But to me, it, it seems that she's really riding the anti-woke wagon and maybe trying to get a VP pick from Trump out of this because she yep, is absolutely his lackey. Absolutely his lackey. She is happy to dive head on into that demographic and will just spout yeah. whatever nonsense will appeal to them. Hey, don't worry. If you're in a red state, your values will be enshrined. They'll be protected. If you're in a blue state, they'll be enshrined. They'll be protected. But practically, you know, it makes no sense because when you look at the federal government infrastructure, well, that's all blue. And if you look at where most of the federal relief goes, that's mostly red. It's like nine out of the 10 states who need federal relief are red states. And all these blue states are pouring money into it to help, like, because that's how a union yeah. works. I, I just, yeah. ah, it's so frustrating, man. Right. And she was on Hannity saying it just recently, you know, the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. But she's okay with attending rallies yes. with white Christian nationalists like Nick Fuentes, where, you know, even her people are saying, ooh, yeah, she should have walked out real quickly from that event. But she was, she's happy with that brand. She seems to thrive in that demographic. And that's scary because that ignorance, that fear, that hate mongering does not lead to a good place. If we want to jump back, oh, I don't know, 200 yeah. some years. Okay, maybe this is the conversation that we're having, but no. Your forefathers learned from it and the United States of America. That's where it's at for you. Exactly. I mean, we laugh at her and it's and some of the things she says is like antics and she believes QAnon or however they're pronounced. And it's funny, but just to believe and know that I'm in Georgia and she's a lawmaker here or she has that type of power and potential. Like Micah said, a few of the heavy hitters don't agree with her and most people shouldn't because it is unconstitutional. But even that type of mindset is just very scary. It's just, I, I don't know. I feel like if we've learned anything in politics, it's like we can work together. The blue and the red states, the, the different sides, they can work together and create some really good solutions. But it's still this separation that they want to have and this hate and this weird ass mindset. I just can't wait for these type of people to be gone. Like on both ends, like on both the Democrats, Republicans, liberals, just wipe the slate clean. Like I told you guys last time, we need to just do like a uh, infrastructure change. The leaders, get them up. Johnny, do you ever drive out to the country in in, uh, Georgia? I have. Remember I did the voting thing? Just out of curiosity, did you feel uncomfortable? Very, very. I felt very uncomfortable. You saw a lot of Confederate flags. You saw a lot of, even besides that, you just got the tone that you maybe weren't familiar or welcomed. Mm -hmm. I could tell that they were like closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They didn't really want to talk with me and stuff like that. Yeah, so no, I lived in uh, lived in North Carolina for a little while, and I, I 
every time I go down south, I'm always worried. It's a, oh, it's yeah. A, it's a tough feeling to deal with, but it's stressful. <laughs> Robbie, you made the point of uh, the VP pick. I wanted to kind of like talk about it. Mean, I don't know that Trump taking her as a VP would be smart. It doesn't make sense because they're tapping into the same no. graphic. That's why he would do it. Group. You, you, think you think he would do it? Right. That's why he would do it. Yeah, that's what, because he's, an, he's a narcissist. He's an egomaniac. He doesn't care. He knows that this might be his last ride, and he likes the adulation. He likes the fight. He, he lives for that yeah. stuff, to, to, to call yeah. people names and stuff like that, and she's just like it. And he would have a great time. I don't think he cares. He even said when he was president, he was like, I made a lot more money before I became president. He likes the fight. One of his first speeches, I remember, he said, guys, I can't believe it. I'm the president of the United States because he wasn't expecting to win. He wasn't. He's like the Joker, man. He's like a dumb Joker. He, he just wants to watch the world burn. Yeah. And, mm, and, and, yeah. He, and he found his Harley Quinn. And it's a scary thought, man, because if they do, if they do, if they they do together, link I'm up, I'm really worried, though, because if they do link up, I'm not I'm already not. Worried. I don't know, I'm man. The reason I, I don't know, man, because if it wasn't for Pence, Pence allowed him to legitimize himself to the, you know, the rest of the Republicans. So he was able to bring the rest of the Republican Party along with these crazies. I think if he brings in Marjorie Taylor Greene, he's got nothing but crazies. And there's just not enough for the crazies. I don't think he'll get the support of the rest of the Republican Party. So I don't think it'd be smart. Oh, like right. last time. But it would be smart for someone else to bring in Marjorie Taylor Greene so they can tap into that Trump group, those Trumpers. Yeesh. It'd be smart for DeSantis or somebody else to bring in Marjorie Taylor Greene so, oh, wow. so they can tap into those Trumpers. That would be the smart. That's another pairing that's very scary to me. That is, that's the scary yeah. <laughs> Like you say, uh, Trump is just a narcissist. DeSantis yeah. do. Yeah, DeSantis do. is smart. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's calculating, yeah. yeah. Exactly, calculating. Yeah. That's a very good word. All right, got a bunch of comments online. So we got Jacqueline Robinson. Kevin McCarthy needs to curb his dog, and national divorce worked out so well for the red states, particularly the South, the South years ago. Those oh, my God. From the... <laughs> of blue states and federal government. Sick of it. He says, like most fascists, he and IQ45, Trump tests their ideas by saying them out loud to see what they can get away with. And mainstream media are more right. than happy to amplify this dangerous rhetoric. Yeah. All right. Is this truth? Lies. Truth. Lies. Shenanigans. Man, this is, this is a bunch of shenanigans. Shenanigans. Lies. Yeah. Again. It's a lie because she thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> All right, let's get to horrible. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, according to Don Lemon, Joe Biden is a spring chicken and Nikki Haley is Pastor Prime. <laughs> well, yeah, Don Lemon is back <laughs> on the network less than a week after arguing on air that 2024 Republican presidential candidate Nimrata Nikki Haley wasn't in her prime. So during a discussion about the age of politicians, the 56-year-old CNN This Morning co-host Don Lemon said that the 51-year-old Nikki Haley was not in her prime and said that a woman is considered in her prime in her 20s, 30s, and maybe her 40s. So when his co-host Poppy Harlow challenged him on this, he added, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying what the facts are. Google it. Okay, so after <laughs> these statements, Lemon was not on air for the following show and did not return until Wednesday of this week. 
So now, without skipping a beat, Nikki Haley's PR team clapped back with the following tweet. For all of you who took issue with the haters saying that we are past our prime, this one's for you. And it included images of uh, beer cozy stamped with her campaign logo and the phrases, past my prime, with a question mark, and hold my beer. <laughs> so now, did Don Lemon's attack on Nikki Haley's age inadvertently provide her with a winning presidential campaign strategy? I think it provided her with a so. campaign strategy. I don't know if it would be a winning Anyone. campaign strategy. Like I feel like she is going to ride this thing as long as she can yeah. uh, to the point where people will realize, wait, you're, you're not talking about anything else. And, you know, she's not trying to get the crazy. She's trying to get like reasonable, reasonable Republicans. Mm -hmm. So if this is the thing that she's going to hang her hat on, uh, no, you got to you got to come with something else. I mean, I think all of this talk of ageism around Nikki Haley is it's made me like curious. I'm sure others as well. Like, so you're right. I think that it I think even last week we talked about her. Yes, because she wants to bring the competency testing for politicians. Competence. 75, 75 over. I just want to say Jacqueline Robinson said, uh, well, Nikki Haley opened that door. I understand that. But look, the ageism thing, I agree with her. I think that competency tests should be taken. I don't think we should limit it to 75. I want my politicians right. smart. I don't care what yeah. age they are. Mm -hmm. I want them all to be smarter than me. So I'm all for the competency <laughs> test. Just do it at any age. Start it at 35. Okay? That's when you can be president. Yeah. We'll start it at 35. Exactly. Start it when you're getting in the door in politics. If you're going to be a senator, if you're going to be a governor, why should you have to prove your competency? Why wouldn't you be held to a psych eval? It's some bare minimum to show yeah. that you're not crazy, that you're not there to completely undermine the system. But also, side note, I think Don Lemon's an idiot for saying that. I mean, he even him saying to go Google it and it's facts. In what world? I hope you guys Googled it. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> because that's, that's stupid. It's stupid. It was stupid for him to say that. You know, but I want to say 50, 56 is probably the prime age to be a president. You know, at that point, you probably figured out all the dumb okay. stuff you did. You've seen some crazy stuff, survived some crazy stuff. You've had some accomplishments 45? in life. No, 50, around 50, 50, 60. That's, that's 40. Yeah. Like you have energy still. I'm saying prime. I'm not saying you can't do it. Okay, prime. prime. Right? And, and, and you're making much wiser decisions. And on top of that, you're probably sound mind, unlike, you know, perhaps our current president. <laughs> I think, you know, Careful. I think, I think this might have been. I, you know, I don't know. I would, when I first read it, this is what I thought. But then, Rob B., you said that he went a little further. But this is what I first thought. You know, I think it was one of those statements that Don Lemon threw out there and was like, oh, that's stupid, but went with it anyway, right? You know, because I, I think I've done yeah. that several times on this show, right? And, you know, and y'all have caught me and been like, um. <laughs> and, and, that and then I was, able to, and I was able to quickly, you know, backtrack a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you know. y'all have done it too. Y'all yeah. have done it too. I see it's happened to you yeah. guys where we just said some stupid stuff. I mean, because, you know, I've heard everyone else speak. And now I know what I said was maybe incorrect or misguided. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people just take it the wrong way. I mean, like like last week we were talking about comic book or two weeks ago. We we're talking about comic book. Right. And we're talking about collecting black comics. Right. And then Rob B is like, you know, like Pokemon, collect them all. Now, I know what Rob B was saying. 
right? And I know the context of what we're saying, but somebody who's being an asshole could easily be like, you know, you know, oh, Rob B's calling black people uh, Pokemon. So no, we're a bunch no. of animals. Talking, we're a bunch of animals that only speak all sound. Collecting books. That was the analogy. Collecting books. You're trying to collect black people, Rob? Is that it? You're trying to collect black people? But exactly. That's my point. I'm not saying Don Lemon was right in what he said. I'm saying we all sometimes that is too funny. stuff that's taken, that didn't come out of our mouths the way we intended it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he doubled down on it. And but that's why the only, that's the only thing This is not the first time that he makes it. comments like this. It's not, he has a yeah, history that's not the of first making time. comments like this, right? That's true. So, I mean, he's sexist. And he doubled down. That's, that's well, the thing that's causing me pop. But, you know, I have to wonder if any of his experience as a gay black man, if that has helped shape some of these opinions that he has of women. Because to say that a female politician at 51 isn't in her prime. Is really a sh- it, 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 it's a pretty crappy thing to say, given that you know we wouldn't say the same thing about a male politician at fifty one. We would yeah. say that they're in their prime at that point to hold office, physically in their prime. Hey, I'm fifty. My my chances in a foot race against a twenty year old man, I know that I'm not in my prime. That's not my race. But if you get me in, in a game of wits <laughs> against that same twenty year old, okay, now I got wisdom, experience. And that's where those right. qualities really come out. But like Johnny was saying, you know, at 50, you still have some of that stamina, some of that energy that you can devote to it. So I think that 50 is a pretty darn good age to be getting into politics. And Don Lemon's comments were completely off, off base. Like, that, that was just awful. And to answer your question, there is a lot of uh, support for her now. It wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And, and like Johnny oh, said... Wow. Now she's even looking into her and interested in her. Here's some comments online real quick. Mike Winter says uh, she's an unfunny joke who needs a better dildo. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. she, says she was dumb before. She's dumb now. Pride um, is irrelevant. Jacqueline Robinson, a South Asian oh, wow. woman who, who feels she needs to kowtow to Confederate sympathizers, needs a cognitive test herself. Um, they all should be required to pass the U.S. citizenship test. Mel Blaine says he is an idiot. Robin Johnson, my birthday is Friday, <laughs> and I am not crying. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Winter, age is irrelevant compared to intelligence. Mel Blaine, everyone is different. You can't base someone on their age. It's not fair. All right. Is this truth? Truth. This is craziness. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is shenanigans. This is the old Don Lemon coming out. A whole lot of shenanigans. You got to do better, Don Lemon. Shenanigans. Oh, Mr. Lemon. All right. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, Storm. Harvey Weinstein gets a few more years tacked on. What's going on? Yeah. So, guys... Some recent news coming from Hollywood uh, with longer prison sentences being served to the likes of predators like R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein was sentenced Thursday to 16 years in prison for uh, rape in Los Angeles 
So the sentence will be served consecutively after a 23-year prison sentence. He's currently serving in New York for criminal sexual assault and third-degree rape. A horrible guy. Weinstein has been accused by more than 100 women and has publicly come forward with allegations of sexual assault and abuse and harassment that have spanned decades. So before he was sentenced, Weinstein addressed the court saying, I maintain that I'm innocent. Mm. His legal team has repeatedly stated that their client has unfairly been painted and he's the poster boy for the Me Too movement. Do you think he'll actually serve the full sentence and does he deserve these prison sentences? Um, I don't think he'll serve the full sentence because I think he'll die. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, does he deserve the sentence? I mean, he claims that all of the encounters were consensual. But while we're on the topic, let's be clear about one thing. I just want to lay down one piece of life advice. Late night business meetings in hotel rooms aren't a good idea, (laughs) especially when one of the parties is in a position of influence or has something that the other person wants. It's compromising and it can lead to horrible things. But that being said, I mean, the courts have found him guilty. There have been dozens of women, scores of women who have come forward with allegations and their own stories about this creeper. So like Michael was saying, for all intents and purposes, this is a life sentence. The thing is, he's not the only one, even though he is the face of the Me Too movement and he is the one who everybody sees. And we really haven't seen too many other uh, convictions since Harvey Weinstein. I mean, it's great that he's been dealt with appropriately, but he's not the only one. I mean, I'm not seeing enough happening. Yeah, he he deserves it. I don't know, man. I just I don't give a shit about this guy, man. Like like this this guy can this guy can rot in jail. Uh, he can sit there till the day he dies, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't care. I'm with you, yeah. You know, the funny thing was, I, I was more I was more interested in uh, R. Kelly's twenty years than this dude, because uh, <laughs> because because R. Kelly was way worse to me because he preyed on kids. Yeah, know? but I I have to admit, I asked this question as soon as uh as soon as I found out about R. Kelly, I asked this question to my wife. This was this was when I was in Florida, actually. <laughs> so, I said, now that he's being punished properly, right, as he should, R. Kelly's being probably got another 20 years, and he's going to jail for a long time, maybe till he dies, right? So my question was- I'm scared was, of your question. Is it finally <laughs> okay to listen to his music again? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The man put out some hits. He put out some hits. <laughs> some good music back in the day. People I'm just still curious, do. What do you think? I mean, is, is it is it okay to listen to his music or not? I'm usually pretty good at separating the art from the artist, but usually you know, too. but if the artist is like I can't pissing on children, way. it's tough. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Because I, I, you know, I, I like just too I, many memories. Yeah, like I like I, I like stepping the name of love, but like now I'm picturing like a dude stepping with a child, and it's just like I can't like. Micah said, it just brings back weird, just pictures in your head when you try to listen to his music. Even the good ones, like, didn't he sing I Believe I Can Fly? Like, It's like, even those classic songs, you just can't help but think there was a 15-year-old girl that this could have been inspired by. So He produced a lot of songs, not, too. For yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very influential, that's true. All right, so Robbie, you know. I mean, I'm just glad these type of. Robbie, you never listened to his music anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say that. Uh, R. Kelly. That, that's hitting home. It's not really hitting home. Robbie's like, I, I don't really give a fuck. 
But, you know, I'm scrolling through <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's IMDb entries and kind of going, shoot, there are quite a few movies on this list that I enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, the okay, Harvey Weinstein huge... movies. Yeah. That's a good point. Is, did we yeah. boycott Harvey Weinstein movies? I don't think we did. No. I mean, I mean what's one really popular one? Uh, the oh Weinstein God. Company produced uh, like half of Quentin Tarantino's movie output. The Weinstein Company was a big deal, uh, which is why this, wow. yeah, which is why this is a big deal uh, because this guy was okay. the producer in Hollywood, and he was just taking advantage of people for for decades. You know the whole casting couch thing, like, like yeah, that's him. That's why that's why this is so gross. Your comments online before we close it out. This is Jacqueline Robinson. What's alarming about both these cases are the number of women who are willing to help them groom girls and young women to be preyed upon. Yes. Mike Winter yeah. says, yes. You remind me of my Jeep, ain't that That deep? shocked me. <laughs> you remind me of my Jeep, ain't that That shocked deep? me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you guys. All right. Is this truth? again. Truth uh, is being served. Uh, Lock them up. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that the truth has finally come out about this guy. Yeah, and then also the emotional scar and trauma of the women who maybe didn't make it after, after the situation. And if you happen to be the actress who spurned him, and then he destroys your career, yeah, he blackballed you. Yeah, you get blackballed. Like this guy was, this guy was terrible, man. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Let's get into our game show. Robbie, uh, I think my wife's still online for you, so let's see. Sweet. No, I need you. <laughs> In pre-show, Mel, uh, Robbie was saying he, he hopes that you're on and help him out. <laughs> All right. Today's game is Black Rom-Com Movie Trivia. <laughs> Yes, movies like Love and Basketball, Love Jones, etc. Right? Yes! Real simple. Ugh. The app provided by Anscape.com will give us a trivia about a black rom-com movie. Go around the horn. Each of us will answer a question. And if you get it right, you get a point. First with the most points, it's the final thought for the show. All right. I think we're going to start with Gianni. We're going to start with Gianni. Yay! <laughs> All right. Okay. So I hope you, hope you watch Love Jones. While Darius is cooking in Love Jones. Oh, I didn't. What question does Nina tell him not to ask? Would you like anything else? Will you go with me? Will you marry me? Or can I get some hot sauce on that? Um, will you go with me? Incorrect. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. The morning yeah. after their intimacy, sex, I guess, on their first date. Yeah, he cooks, <laughs> hooks up breakfast for Nina. All right. <laughs> we, we, we sure do. All right. Robbie. Wow. Robbie, oh. you better hope Mel Blaine answers online for you quick. All right. <laughs> yeah, but there's a delay, man. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many offensive rebounds did Quincy remember Monica had in the championship game played in love this. and basketball? I know the answer. Was Me that too. three? Four, nine, or eleven? Oh, let's go it's with easy, nine. Nah. It's easy. Yeah, it's, it's four, there's one in four. Nah. Incorrect. Wrong answer. All right. Quattro. We knew it was love when Monica said this to Quincy <laughs> after the school dance. I was sitting in Jason's ride with him kissing on me and feeling on me, and it was really bugging me because I couldn't remember how many offers of rebounds, how many office boards I had in the championship. And then I guess he got tired of me and sort of accidentally kneeling him 
<laughs> accidentally knee him in the ball. To which Quincy replies, four. All right. All right, Micah. I know you don't watch a ton of black rom-com movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> which professional athlete did not make a cameo as themselves in Think Like a Man? I know you saw Think Like a Man. Oh, LeBron James. Come on. All right. That's so easy. That was an easy one. That is correct. LeBron James. <laughs> that was super easy. All right. Woo. In the movie, six professional basketball players, Matt Barnes, Shannon Brown. Mike is going to win. Aaron Collison, Lisa Leslie, <laughs> World Peace. All right. Next. Yanni Storm is the last round. So, yeah, Michael might win. <laughs> 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 Leslie Wright, played by actress Queen Latifah, is a physical therapist in Just Right, the movie Just Right. She's also the biggest fan of which yes. NBA team that Scott McKnight plays for? Is that the Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Damn. Pistons, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the New Jersey Nets? Another Damn it. Um, was Common in that movie? I think it was the Pistons. No, was it? Was it the Pistons? It might be Detroit. I'm just going to go with it. You're going with Detroit. Pistons. You're going with Detroit. That is Wrong incorrect. Answer. It was the New Jersey <gasps> Nets. Nay. All right. Why All right. were they in New Jersey? This, this might be for the game. Because that's where she's from. In real life, Queen Latifah is from Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> so, of course, the team in her movie is going to represent her hometown. Oh. See? Okay. All right. Yeah. Be rock In Brown Sugar, Boris Cujo played an NBA superstar, and his name was? Colby Bryant. <laughs> I love Boris Kojo. It, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Colby. Kelby, Kelby Dawson, Drew Goodman, or Shaman James. <gasps> I know. I don't know. Kelby Dawson. You going with Kelby Dawson? That is correct. Boris Kojo's Kelby Dawson fell in love with Sanai Lathan Sydney. Did she make the right choice, though? We'll He's never cute. know. All right. <laughs> Micah, this might be for the win. <laughs> for right. the win, brother. For the win. Oh, you, you had to watch The Best Man. In The Best Man, Lance Sullivan is a superstar athlete from the New York Giants. What position did he play? Kicker, quarterback, running back, tight end. You know the answer. Yeah, his, he played running back. Running back, uh, that is Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> in, in that series, he was like, I'm 45 years old and I want to make a comeback right. as a running, <laughs> running back. back. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's correct. Worst chest, not modest career after Ray Lewis, especially in the film sequels. So, yes. Micah, you win the game. Uh, Micah won rom-com, black rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my wife she'll be proud. <laughs> I think she will. <laughs> All right, shout out to Johnny Storm. Shout out to my best friend. She's walking. She's watching us again for the second week in the in a row. So shout out to you. Thank you for the support, Robbie. <laughs> Ah, shout out to all the tinkerers and fixers. With the internet, it's so easy to learn how to repair something rather than dispose of it. It's really rewarding to fix your own stuff when it breaks. You can learn some fun skills. You can save some money. Nice. Shout out to uh, shout out to y'all and uh, shout out to Liz, man. I I hope you uh, I hope you feel better Aww. soon. Yeah, I got the same shout out to Liz. Hope you come back soon. Hope you're getting better. Oh, by the way, Mel Blaine says, that's ageism, Micah. That's 
ages of <laughs> talking about <laughs> running back comeback. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is ageism. I'm looking out for the elderly. <laughs> get, out <laughs> back. Oh. <laughs> get your shit locked, man. The elderly. <laughs> no way. <laughs> All right. That is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. We hope you learned something, gained a new perspective, simply had some laughs with us. We'll be back recording our podcast live next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Don't forget, check out our video clip. Subscribe to us on YouTube using TLSshow.com. And look for our official podcast episodes on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And our winner, our final thought for the show, Micah. Micah, close us out. Uh, final thought. Um, you know, life is uh, life is challenging. Um, try not to yeah. try not to take it too seriously. Um, hang around your loved ones, and and for God's sake, stay off of social media. Stay off of social media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Micah. Thing. All right. Thank you, Robbie Rock Gianni, our guest host, Micah. But most importantly, we need to thank you for listening to our shenanigans eat every week. Have a good one, everyone. See ya. <laughs>